message title was The Greatest Gift. And for the next couple of weeks, we'll look at that thought and lead us into a Christmas service on the 19th. So we invite you to come be a part of our services the next few weeks as well. If you're visiting with us, we certainly invite you to come be a part as we are in December already. It's hard to believe and uh, marching toward the Christmas time. In Luke chapter number two, <clears throat> I'm going to read a few verses out of here. We'll begin reading in verse number eight, Luke chapter two, verse number eight. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter two, verse eight. If you don't have your Bible, uh, when our screens are working, the verses are on the screen, and uh, so uh, you can follow along with us. It says, and there were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I want to look at that this morning the announcement of the birth of Christ and present this thought, the greatest gift. And as we unpackage the gift is really what we want to do. I'm convinced that so, so many people that when they get saved, and I understand our, our knowledge is limited spiritually, but so many people just don't understand what all came with salvation. You know, if the Lord saved us and took us to heaven that's enough to praise him forever and ever and ever and ever and then we'll never have run out of praises for that but there's a whole lot more salvation to praise the lord for and with and so i want to show you that this morning and it'll take a couple of weeks to go through this so i want you to if you can come back and be a part as we look at the greatest gift and let's pray father thank you for the privilege it's ours to come to your house today Lord, as we've heard requests of prayer, we know there's many that are sick and afflicted and have issues of life. Lord, we ask you to touch these in a special way. But Lord, as we've sang praises and our hearts have been stirred to worship through song, now we come to this portion where we open the Word. And Lord, I pray that your Word will speak to us today by the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you'd make this place off limits to the devil and the forces of evil that would try to hinder and bind the Spirit of God. And Lord, I pray that Holy Ghost conviction would be prevalent today. And Lord, if there's anyone here that's lost and doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, may today be the day to come to you in faith and repentance. Bless this time. Forgive me for I fail thee, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. I've mentioned this for several weeks now, but if you have your bulletin, it's a good thing to have. And you can follow along a portion of the sermon in the bulletin. And I appreciate uh, Miss Madison. She just sang a song here. And, uh, but I appreciate the effort put forth in this. And uh, if, as you go along the sermon, there will be opportunity. You can fill in some of the blanks there on the, on the bulletin if you choose to. I want to show you this morning the fact that so many people go through a, a lifetime and never really understand fully what Christmas is all about. 
And that's one story. But then another thing is the fact us as Christians sometimes don't understand truly what salvation is, what it's all about. But as we read this familiar passage of, 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 of Scripture here in Luke chapter 2, and we see a picture. And I don't know, I've often, if it would be possible somehow, some way when we get to heaven, that if God had like some kind of uh, way that we could view events of the past from the Bible, I'd like to do that. You know, and I don't know if maybe when we get there, our knowledge would be so, you know, uh, way beyond what we have now that maybe we, but I just thought if that, that'd be neat, if somehow we could go back and, and there's things that I would love from the Bible days, like it, it maybe in part of our learning as we get there, maybe Jesus will teach us some things and, and maybe he, maybe one day he say, Hey, would y'all like to see the announcement of my birth? Uh, yeah, that'd be great. And we go over there and, uh, Maybe he could show that to us somehow, and we could actually see this event. This is one event that I would love to see, you know. And there's many, but this is one. Can you picture that? You know, there's there's nativity scenes. There, there's all kind of Christmas plays that take place to depict the passage of scripture that we just read a while ago. And uh, you know, you got the Christmas story. You know, when you act out the Christmas play, you know, you always got four shepherds, right? You got four shepherds and three wise men. I mean, is that not how we do it? You know, I don't know how many shepherds were there that night, but I always have four in the Christmas play. Now, we got the, we know why there's three wise men, right? You know, we, we understand that. And, uh, well, uh, we know they were from Mississippi. Huh? And they come from afar, you know. <laughs> they were from Mississippi. But uh, anyway, what was I talking about? Uh, shouldn't, shouldn't chase those rabbits like that. But just the idea of this picture that we have, the, the announcement of the birth of Christ. And what it is, is this an announcement. It's one of the greatest announcements, as far as our benefit, that could ever been made in, in the history of the world. The birth of Christ. Think about the glory of that. That God, don't ask me to explain all of this in a physical form. I can't do that. But God in His sovereignty would become man, okay? And in the form of man, he would come through his son, Jesus Christ, and as an actual person, he left the splendor of heaven, came down to the sin-cursed earth to be our sacrifice on the cross of Calvary for our sin debt that we could never pay. And what we see here is just a magnificent display of God's glory the fact that through what happened on the cross of Calvary, you and I can have eternal life and we can have fellowship with God. Well, that's another thing that we sometimes don't even look at, the fact that fellowship with God was broken in the Garden of Eden. Okay, we, You've got to understand, when you, when you read the book of Genesis, that God literally came down and walked in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden. With Adam and Eve. I mean, there was a fellowship, a daily fellowship with God. That's why it's so important that you and I as Christians have a daily fellowship with God. Now, God's not going to come down from heaven and sit in your living room. Okay? But what He's going to do is through the Holy Spirit and through His living Word, every time you open up that Word of God, you can have fellowship with Him and He can speak to you through His Word. That's why it's so important that we as Christians have daily time reading the Word of God. And listen, I, I, I'm not some kind of super spiritual that tells you you've got to read 15 chapters a day and all that. No, I'm just saying take some time, 
Open up the Word of God and read and let God speak to you. That's fellowship with Him. We commune with Him through His Word. And we see all this. Christmas is a remembrance of the first gift given. And that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, that's the greatest gift that God could have ever given us. His Son, Jesus Christ. I want you to notice something. You'll see it in your notes there on your bulletin. Through Christ... God has given us many marvelous gifts. Through Christ, God has given us many marvelous gifts. And I emphasize that part, many marvelous gifts, because that's what we're going to break down. All that we get through Christ. Many marvelous gifts. When you start looking at the scripture references that we have in there, I want you to notice, I mentioned this back when we were talking about Thanksgiving. In James chapter 1, and verse 17, the Bible is very clear that every, Every, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. I want you to know Jesus Christ. Well, you're talking about not just a good gift. Well, you're talking about a perfect gift that was given from God, came from above to be our sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. That is wonderful. That's very, very good news for you and for me. And then I I think about this because you'll see in the next portion there of, of your bulletin, oftentimes, oftentimes, we get saved and we we live our lives without thinking, without thinking of all that the Lord has given to us through Christ. Without thinking, we get saved and we get baptized, join the church and, just, and we just go. We get busy with things. We just go through our life without thinking. I'm not talking about just really pondering all that God has given to us. Through Christ. And I want to just break some things down because I think it would be good for us to reflect upon a few of these things that the Lord has given us. This won't be, listen, I'm going to break this down in two weeks, but it won't be just an all-encompassing thing. But I'm going to give us the very basics of what we study and find that the Lord has given us through Christ. And I want to get into the message. So, preacher, you're halfway through the outline. That means we're going to get done early. You don't know how many sub-points are under that second point. Let me give you the first thing. And you notice there, first and foremost, there is the gift of His only begotten Son. Mm. His only begotten Son. The gift that God gave us? Yes. The gift of Jesus Christ. We know the Scripture, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave. Boy. You know, Christmas time is coming. And uh, I don't, they don't do it anymore. But I can remember, you know, Sears. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember the old Sears robe, but they every year they put out this. It's a huge. It's called the wish list or the wish book or something. And there's a catalog. I mean, huge catalog. And uh, you know, you just you flip through there, and there's a wish list because you go through there and and all the stuff. You man, I can remember as a kid looking at all oh, all kind of stuff. And you go through there and you circle what you want, and hopefully. You know, uh, it's on your wish list. You might get it for Christmas. Now, they tell me, I don't know this, and I can't verify it to be fact, but they tell me that those those wish list books, they were used for other things besides making your Christmas list then. Now, I don't, I don't know what all it would be used for besides that, but they tell me there was a time when it came in handy and other purposes too. And so, uh, yeah, I, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Can anybody verify what I'm saying? <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. 
thank the Lord I didn't have to, I don't, I don't know anything about any of that. But I was told that, okay? And boy, we come a long way, hadn't we? That's why when the toilet paper shortage hit uh, last year, I was getting all worried, man. Because they don't have no more wish books anymore. They don't put them out anymore. What are we going to do? Huh? Now, I'm going to tell you, there's some toilet paper that feel like the wish book. I guarantee you that. And I was willing to trade some people for, you know, make some trades on some good toilet paper. But, uh, you know, that wish book, I'm talking about the greatest gift. God gave His only begotten Son. Listen, you and I here today, what did we... Listen, I'm talking about that wish book for a purpose because we would, we would look through there and we see all these things that you just couldn't see anywhere. I mean, it'd be in that wish book and you'd circle that hoping that maybe you'd get that for Christmas. Uh, and, and listen, uh, you know, Santa Claus, you know, had the naughty or nice list and you was hoping you wouldn't on the naughty part. You was hoping you'd be on the nice list. But let me ask you this. What did any of us do to deserve the gift of God's Son? We didn't do anything. Listen, none of us deserve the gift of salvation. None of us deserve a home in heaven. None of us deserve for our sins to be forgiven. But thank God through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been given eternal redemption. We've been given pardon for our sin. The blood has covered our sin and we can have a home in heaven. That's what we get through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're talking about the gift of His only begotten Son. That whosoever, whosoever believeth in Him. I'm so glad today. Listen, I'm not a rich person. I'm not a skinny person. But I'm a whosoever person today. Aren't you glad the salvation, the the gift of eternal life is all inclusive? Listen, I'm glad of that today. I'm glad I don't have to meet a certain criteria. I'm glad I didn't have to go to a certain amount of theology school. I'm glad that the Lord loved me just like I was and salvation was offered to me and my kind that I could come to Him in faith and repentance and receive that gift of God. I'm glad of that today. And I wouldn't have that without the gift of God's only begotten Son. Thank the Lord for the gift of Jesus Christ today. The gift of His only begotten Son. That whosoever, you know... You are a whosoever today. You're a whosoever. Doesn't matter your social status. Doesn't matter how much money is in your bank account. You're a whosoever. Listen, you can sit in here with a, with a pretty uh, a suit of clothes on and, and you can look all nice. But if you die lost, you're going to go to the same hell that the drug addict, that the person on the street goes to. You're going to go to the same hell, dear friend. There's not a hell number one and a hell number two. And there's not a heaven number one and a heaven number two. Jesus died for all people and all people who put their faith in him shall not perish. All you've got to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, it's not a 12 step program. It's putting your faith and trust in the one who can save you and redeem you. You can take all the faith that you have and put it in the wrong place and you'll die and go to hell. But if you can muster up faith. That's the grain of a mustard seed. Just enough faith to believe that God can do what He said He'd do. Put it in the right object and you can have your sin forgiven today. Listen, some of you, you might have stumbled in here today by accident. Uh, you may not have known what you're looking for when you came through these doors. But I'm telling you, if you're looking for something out there in the world, you're never going to find it. But if you look in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can have peace and contentment in your heart today. And that's the greatest gift that could ever be given to you. Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son i'm so glad that god so loved the world why would god love this world we're talking about a creation of his that at one time he looked upon it and it repented god that he'd even made mankind doesn't that show you how much he loved us that though he was willing to destroy the world 
He was willing to redeem us. He was willing to reconcile with us. God has done everything. All of the effort of salvation has been put on God. He's done everything to show us that He loves us. All we have to do is open our heart and receive all the work that has been done by God. I'm glad of that. I'm glad I don't have to work my way to heaven. Oh, Lord, in mercy. Whoo! Aren't you glad that if you're saved and your sins are forgiven, and you've been eternally secure, and no man can pluck you out of the Father's hand, that you don't have to put your head on your pillow at night wondering if you're going to make it to heaven if you die? Boy, I'm glad I don't have to do that. I'm glad that the Bible tells me that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm glad that that everlasting life, it didn't start, by the way, on the day I got saved. That everlasting life started on the cross of Calvary when Jesus Christ said, it is finished, that, that was paid for. It got applied to my account the day I said, Lord, save me. Salvation, eternal life was, listen, it was already there. All I had to do was receive it. You know, it's something we can... What if somebody got you a pretty gift, I mean, in a package and everything, and they did all the work, and all you've got to do is receive it? What about that? You know, all we got to do is receive it. Receive it. That's the gift of God. Receive it. Oh, but preacher, I, I'll, have to, I'll have to join the church, and then I'll have to quit this and quit that. You're looking at the wrong thing, dear friend. Salvation is not about you joining the church. It's not about you quitting this and quitting that. It's about you coming to God as a sinner, understanding you have a need. And that need can only be provided and met by the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say this. First and foremost, there is the gift of His only begotten Son. Let me give you another one this morning. We're talking about the greatest gift. The greatest gift. There is the gift of eternal salvation. There is the gift of eternal salvation. And I just started scratching the surface on that, but the gift of eternal salvation. In John chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus said this, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. How strong is the hand of God? How powerful is God? There's, a, there's, a, there's not just one answer to that, by the way. He's pretty powerful. You know, the Bible says that the earth is his footstool. Now, the, if the earth is his footstool, think about that. I mean, he props his feet up on the earth. Man, how, big is it, how big is his hand? How powerful is his hand? And I'm talking about eternal life, the gift of eternal life. I'm talking about the fact that no man can pluck them out of my hand. I, listen, I, I, we are secure. And then if you read in other verses, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the gift of eternal salvation. And that gift, it comes from, from the Lord. Do you see that? He said, I give unto them. I give unto them. We're talking about a gift. You know that old saying, the gift that keeps on giving? Well, that's why I'm saying the greatest gift. Uh, you receive salvation that came from the Lord. He said, I am giving them eternal life. It, it's, a, it's a gift that comes from God that you didn't earn, by the way. You didn't deserve it, by the way. And you don't do anything to keep it. It's given by God. It's kept by God. It's eternal life. They shall never perish. Oh, so He only saves them until they do something wrong. No. No. 
Because if that was fact, we'd all be need to come down to invitation day and get saved. So I'm sure some of us have already done something wrong today. Preacher, I don't do nothing wrong. Mm-mm, not me. I don't do nothing wrong. I, I'm a good person. You know, hell's going to be full of good people. Good people. Why? Because good people go to hell. But saved people go to heaven. That's the difference. The gift of eternal salvation. Let's look at that this morning. When you think of a, the gift of eternal salvation, I want to I see some branches coming out of there that connect us to it. I'm trying to give you an overall picture of something that we just don't understand many times. I mean, it's one, I love nativity scenes. And I, I love all that. But I'm just saying, a lot of times we get that visual and we don't, even, we don't grasp all that came with it. How wonderful God has been to us. The gift of eternal salvation. Let me say this. In that gift of eternal salvation, God gave us faith. God gave us faith. In Ephesians chapter 2, and verse number 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the what? Gift. I want you to know something today. Uh, if you didn't have enough faith to believe in Jesus, you'd die and go to hell. Just the fact that Jesus came isn't enough to save you. Somebody say amen right there. I'm not preaching some false doctrine. I'm telling you just but the fact that Jesus came and died, that's not enough to get you to heaven. You've got to have faith to believe in that. And I'm reading here that the faith that I have to be saved is a gift of God. That God gave us that faith. The Bible tells us that God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. Now, what are you going to do with that faith? What are you going to do with it? God gave it to you for a reason. There's people that sit on the pew of a church and listen, they, they, they died and went to hell from a church pew. Hearing about God and Christ is one thing. But believing and putting your faith in it, that's something that's totally different. I've had many people that even sat on these pews, that they've heard the sermon, they've even raised their hand that they need the Lord, but yet they've, done, they've yet to do anything about it, and they walk out the door lost, and I, I pray they don't die anytime soon. What do you think I'm going to stand up and preach a funeral? Of somebody who raised their hand, they were lost? You think I'm going to get up and say, well, they're running the streets of gold? Huh? You not, it's not enough to know about God. You've got to put your faith in the right place. God gave us faith. It is the gift of God. Let me give you another one this morning. This gift of eternal salvation. Not only did God give us faith, He also gave us repentance. Repentance. What are you talking about? In Acts chapter 11, verse 18. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God... Also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. I'm not going to ask you this question, but I wonder how many Gentiles are here today. I don't want to embarrass anybody or anything. You see, he granted repentance to the Gentile. He allowed it. He granted it. He gave it to them. That we could be saved. We could have repentance. You see, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God gives it. He doesn't change his mind about it. He wants you to be saved. And the Bible tells me that it is the very goodness of God that leads us to repentance. What's so wonderful about this time of year? Is it the lights? I love the decorations. Right, listen, I love it. 
I love I love seeing lights around the greenery and, and I love seeing a nativity. I love all this stuff. And it reminds us of a wonderful time of year that when Jesus Christ, and when He left the splendor of heaven, He came to this dark, sin-cursed earth to be the light of the world. That's a wonderful thing. It's an opportunity to recognize the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. God granted repentance to us. You know what repentance is? It's not what some people think. It's more than just being sorry. You know, there's a lot of people that do stuff, and then when they get caught, they're sorry about it. Huh? Oh, they, they're sorry. That's not the repentance he's talking about here. He's talking about a repentance that comes only by conviction, and the conviction that comes by the Holy Ghost of God that reveals to us our condition, and then we are sorry for our condition, recognizing the fact that God did so much for us, and yet we are a sinner, and we deserve hell, and we want to repent. And listen, the true repentance, uh, do we even see that anymore? I mean, we see people pray a prayer and go out and live the same way they lived before they said a prayer. Repentance is more than saying a prayer. We're talking about something that is that sin becomes so disgusting to us that we turn away from it and we go a whole different direction. Are we sorry? You see, God has granted us repentance. He's given it to us. And notice it's repentance unto life. It's not something just sorry for something that happened. No, it's a repentance that brings a change. It produces life into us. It's talking about salvation. Repentance unto life. Repentance unto salvation. God granted us that. Boy, what, what a gift. What a gift. You know, there's times in our life that we repent for salvation. But I'll tell you, there's other repentance that needs to come in our life. When we don't live like we, should, we, we ought to live for the Lord. When, when we do things we shouldn't do, there's a repentance that ought to take place so that fellowship with God can be restored. Repentance. God allows us that. Aren't you glad that the Scripture says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace? We come boldly. We're talking about a God who judges us. He's a thrice holy God. He can't look at sin. He judges sin. But he said we can come boldly to the throne of grace. You see, restoration happens when repentance takes place. When we go to God in repentance. And we're sorry for what we've done in our life. I'm so glad that I know that God's a, He's a God of judgment. But he's also a God of forgiveness. He's a God of love. He's a God that will take us and cleanse us and make us whole again. I'm so glad of that. His blood cleanses us from all sin. Maybe today you've repented to salvation, but maybe there needs to be another repentance in your life to live the Christian life that God wants for you. He granted the Gentiles repentance unto life. Oh, I'm so glad He did. Because if that verse wasn't in the Bible, you and I would be in trouble this morning. I'm glad He granted us repentance. Not only did God give us faith, not only did God grant us repentance, but He also gave us the opportunity. I want you to think about this for a moment, the opportunity. What are you talking about, preacher? In John chapter number 4. In John chapter 4. You read through there, verses 6 through 7. You're going to find a story about the woman at the well. Now, backstory to this. Remember, Jesus, He actually went out of His way to come to this place. He said, I must need to go, to go through Samaria. So before this event ever took place, Jesus already knew he was going to have to make a detour and come by Samaria. Now, why would that be? Well, you read through here. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. 
And there cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, give me the drink. There's a whole lot more to this story, but let me just, I'm trying to simplify it today. Usually, Samaritans and Jews didn't have any dealings with each other. And here it was, you could read previously, that Jesus made a special trip, actually made a detour to come to this place, because he knew at the precise time. You see, there's like the things in the Bible are not by accident. That was about the sixth hour. Jesus knew how long it was going to take him to get there. He knew what time that woman was going to be there. And he already had in the sovereign... Preacher explained that. I can't explain that. And the sovereign mighty plan of God that this woman needed the Lord and that Jesus was going to be there. And you see that? That woman's going to show up about the sixth hour. There was an opportunity. An opportunity. Can I tell you something? On this date, at this hour, in God's sovereign knowledge of eternal, of His eternal, uh, wonderful sovereign knowledge, He knew who was going to be here today. At this time, at this hour, for this message, He knew it. I don't know who's going to show up at church. I have no clue. But God does. And in sovereign knowledge, there's an opportunity that's provided for somebody who needs to hear the gospel message. Think back when you got saved, whatever day that was. Whatever day it was that you got saved, you could put yourself right here. And about that, whatever hour it was, Jesus made a trip to see you. That Holy Ghost started convicting your heart and revealing to you that you had a need for salvation and you knew that you needed to be saved. And Jesus made a trip. He he made a detour to come to wherever you was to save your soul. I'm so glad He did that. Boy, I'm so glad he came to Mississippi. He came to March, Mississippi on March 25th, 1983. And he made a little detour. And he come through there at that little old country church two miles out of town. And there's a little boy there, eight years old, that got saved. I'm glad of that. I'm glad of that. Why? There was an opportunity. There's an opportunity. I'll tell you, and, and until, until the Lord comes back and, and however all that's going to unfold, uh, uh, every week, every time these doors are open, dear friend, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity. God provided us an opportunity to hear the message. God made a detour to come to where we was to save our soul. Today, you may be lost. You may be without God. There's an opportunity here. The Lord has opened this door for you to hear the message today that you can come to Him in faith and repentance. God gave the opportunity. I got a couple more. Hang with me. Not only did God give the opportunity, He also gave the deliverance. Deliverance. Say, preacher, now you sounding kind of, kind of like one of them holy roller preachers talking about deliverance. I'm going to challenge you to read the Bible and understand what the word salvation is. The word salvation means delivered. It means delivered. God gave deliverance in Second Corinthians chapter one, verse number ten, who delivered us from so great a death. You see that? He delivered us from so great a death and doeth deliver. Woo-hoo. The day that you got saved, dear friend, that's where I was talking about. You got saved, salvation was applied, and He doth deliver you. He's continually delivering us in whom we trust that He will yet deliver us. I'm talking about He delivered me when I got saved. He's delivering me right now. And when it's time for me to cross to the other side, He's going to give me the ultimate deliverance, dear friend. 
God gave deliverance. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, when I read this, he says, who delivered us from so great a death? Let me tell you this. He delivered us from a burning hell. A burning hell, Revelation chapter 20, verse 6, and blessed and holy is he that hath the part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death hath no power. Hath no power, that second death, talking about the eternal death, talking about spending eternity in lake of fire, that hath no power over them who sat apart of that first resurrection. I'm talking about those who've been saved by the grace of God. Death and hell has no power over you, dear friend. It is appointed unto man once to die and after this judgment. But I thank God that as a Christian, I don't have to stand before the great white throne. I stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And he's going to look at my works. And then he's going to say, enter into the joy of the Lord. And I want to go in there and I want to live and reign with him. I want to walk the street of gold. I want to eat out of the, the tree of life to bear 12 manner of fruit. I want to do all those things. I want to be there with the Lord. And that day's coming, dear friend. It's coming. He gave us deliverance. He delivered us from a burning hell. And let me give you another one. Not only did he deliver us from a burning hill, but he also delivered us from a life of destruction. A life of destruction. Psalm 103, you can read through there, it talks about bless the Lord on my soul and so forth. But you get to verse number 4, and you read the first part of verse number 4, and notice what it says. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Now I'm not going to, paint too many pictures or whatever, but I want you to question yourself and ask, ask yourself, where would you be right now if it wasn't for the Lord? What kind of life would you be living right now? I mean, there's people out there. Uh, I, I, my uncle passed away at a young age, my dad's brother, who was one of the most talented, woodworking, could do anything, build anything. But his life was messed up with drugs and so forth. And, and it just a life of destruction. Think about that. How many people have ruined their life with the things of this world and yet they have so much potential to do so many great things. I'm so glad today. Listen, we're not perfect in here. But thank God we're sitting in a church today. Uh, we didn't set out to the devil today. We're here. We're not perfect. And God has delivered us and given us this day to come and worship Him today. I'm glad of that. He delivers our life from destruction. And let me close with this. We're talking about, this is all under the gift of eternal salvation. All these things that God has given us and delivered us from. He's also delivered us from this present world. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 4. Notice this. Who gave himself for our sins. Who's that talking about? Jesus. Giving himself for our sins. That he might deliver us. From this present evil world. According to the will of God and our Father. I want to close with this thought this morning. That in that package of salvation, that greatest gift. When we're talking about deliverance today, being saved, delivered. Not only are we delivered from a, a burning hell and a life of destruction. I want you to think about this present world that we're living in. And notice what the scripture says. This present evil world. In my short time on earth, I never thought I'd see the evil that's overtaken our society. That's overtaken our country. I never thought I'd see that. I never thought that we live in a society where you get in trouble for calling somebody the wrong gender pronoun. Where teachers could be fired for that. I never dreamed that. I never dreamed we live in a society where there was something else besides being a man and a woman. 
You could be an it. I, I never dreamed. And I'm not trying to be funny. I, I, I'm being serious today. The, the evil that's in this world. I mean, I'm talking about not hidden evil anymore. We're talking about in a day and age where everything's exposed out in front of us. I feel sorry for people. I say it over and over. You're raising young children in the society today that I don't even know sometimes what to tell people anymore on how to train this. And I, I'm just saying, stick close to the book. Stick close to the Word of God. Keep your family in church. Raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. They need it more now than they ever have. But I know this according to the will of God and our Father that one of these days, dear friend, He's going to deliver us out of this present evil world. And I can't wait for it. Matter of fact, come back today, Lord Jesus. Get us out of here. The greatest gift. Let me say this. If you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior. The greatest gift you could ever have this Christmas season. Is the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you are saved today. And if there's some repentance that needs to take place as far as living for the Lord. That you'll, you, you won't feel as good as you can. Until you get right with God and live for Him in the path He'd have you to go. Let's bow our heads if you would. The greatest gift. You see, the greatest gift is not what you're going to find under your Christmas tree this year. The greatest gift hung on a, a tree, the old rugged cross, 2,000 years ago, to bring salvation to a dark world. Jesus left the splendor of heaven, knowing his destiny, that lowly hill called Golgotha. There to lay down his life for me. I'm talking about love. Love so divine. If you're here today, no one's looking around because we're not going to embarrass anybody, please. And you say, preacher, I'm not saved. I have not received that gift of salvation. Preacher, would you pray for me? Now listen, if you'll slip your hand up, I promise you I won't come to you and embarrass you. But I will pray for you. Slip your hand up say, preacher, pray for me today. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Not going to drag it out. Maybe here today and there's other needs on your heart. That's fine. In just a moment, we have a verse of invitation. If God's spoken to your heart for salvation or any other matter, would you step out and come to God and take care of that? Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity. Lord, I pray for the one that raised their hand today. Lord, they would come to you in faith and repentance and receive that gift of salvation. And Lord, for any other needs represented, we ask that those needs be met according to your will. Bless this time for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand to our feet.